0: This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Thanks for listening to the show. You know, if you're in the market for a new mattress, Casper.com slash Fisher should be the next website you visit. Casper has created an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's one perfect mattress that's sold directly to you, eliminating the need to endure one of those commissioned salesman mattress stores with inflated prices. Casper is shipped for free to your door, delivered in a sleek, how did it fit in there, box. You just let it unfold, and there you have it. One of the most supportive sleep surfaces ever designed, hassle-free. Casper is made in America and is now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Breathable latex and memory foams are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for one hundred nights risk free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Right now, get fifty dollars toward any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com slash Fisher. Casper.com promo code FISHER. Terms and conditions apply. Casper.com slash Fisher.
1: You're listening to the Jeff Fisher Show.
0: I must have dreamed a thousand dreams, been haunted by a million screams, but I can hear the marching feet. They're moving into the street. Now, did you read the news today? They say the danger's gone away, but I can see the fire's still bright. They're burning into the night. There's too many men, too many people, making too many problems, and not much love to go around. Can't you see? This is the land of confusion. Genesis, 1986. And yes, it is the land of confusion. In fact, today, we may just title the day of confusion. We'll start with the U.S. Justice Department. will phase out use of privately owned prisons, citing safety concerns. Contracts with 13 private prisons will be reviewed and allowed to expire over the next five years. They do not save substantially on costs, and they do not maintain the same level of safety and security. On Wall Street, of course, the stocks of the private prison companies declined sharply. An inspector general's report released this month found that private prisons saw higher rates of violent incidents and rule infractions in comparison with government-run institutions. Jonathan Burns, a spokesman for the Corrections Corporation of America, of course, said the report contained significant flaws and that other studies have shown their facilities to be equal or better with regard to safety and quality. News that the decision could have a trickle-down effect on state and local prisons, where more than 90% of U.S. prisoners are held. You think? Don't forget that during the presidential primary race, Bernie Sanders made a campaign promise to end the private for-profit prison racket. I mean, he sponsored a bill during the campaign, attempting to end it all together. And his quote was, hey, we we cannot fix our criminal justice system if corporations are allowed to profit from mass incarceration. Uh Uh-huh. Now, we have seen a decline of prisoner population over the past three years. Really? Really? I do know why that is. Oh, the Obama administration has pushed for shorter sentences for nonviolent crimes, while separately, Mr. Obama has regularly reduced the prison sentences of large groups of nonviolent, in quotation marks, inmates. Uh-huh. Mass incarceration makes our entire country worse off, and we need to do something about it. Words of our president. Earlier this month... Our president, commuted the sentences of 214 federal inmates. He has now authorized more prisoner releases than the last nine previous presidents combined. Now, as of December, private prisons housed almost 23,000 federal inmates. Uh, There's about a couple hundred thousand inmates. Total now this doesn't count I saw a report last night where this doesn't count the homeland security detention centers or the uh, immigration holding centers those are uh those are free to do whatever the heck they want to do <laughs> uh good look releasing prisoners can't be a bad thing can it In other news, the U.S. announced this week that 15 detainees have been transferred out of the detention facility at Guantanamo Bay, the single largest transfer since President Obama took office, the inmates who included nationals from Afghanistan, Yemen, and the United Arab Emirates. The move brings the population at the famed detention facility down to 61 There were 242 at one time. In fact, there were 242 when President Obama took office. Now, of course, it appears that the Obama administration is doubling down on policies that put American lives at risk. Yeah, yeah, funny how that happens, because... Huh, let's see the terrorists from Guantanamo Bay releasing into foreign countries where they're going to end up being a threat to the U.S. And a good quote from uh, Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Ed Royce: "I fear we will be dealing with the consequences of this recklessness for years to come." Yeah, think. This past June, the administration itself had to acknowledge that at least 12 detainees released from Guantanamo Bay have launched attacks against the U.S. or Allied forces in Afghanistan. Huh. <laughs> Another releasing, uh Sheikh Al-Sundani, Now al-Qaeda leader in Yemen, he promised new and creative ways of killing Americans in upcoming attacks. (laughs) Strange how that happens. Weird. (laughs) He also urged the Mujahideen of Syria to unite and form a new army whose mission would be to liberate the mosque in Jerusalem. Hmm. Strange. Strange how that happens. Here in Dallas, Irving, to be exact, Texas, we've had Clockboy suing the school district. In Pennsylvania, Muslim refugees school sue the school district again. What are they suing? The school is not good enough. Come on now. (laughs) A group of refugees is suing the Central Pennsylvania School District, saying the academy they were put in after their journey to America is not up to snuff. Doggone it. Your free stuff isn't good enough. Represented by the Pennsylvania branch of the American Civil Liberties Union, the six refugees sued Lancaster schools in federal court, saying... They were dumped in a disciplinary school and are being denied access to a quality education. (sighs) The students range in age from 17 to 21. They hail from Somalia, Sudan, Democratic Republic of Congo, and Burma. They're refugees who have fled war, violence, and persecution from their native countries. Having finally escaped their turbulent environment to resettle in America, these young immigrants yearn to learn English and get an education so they can make life for themselves. The refugees hoped to enter McCaskey High School, known for its superior academic program, but instead they were sent to <laughs> Phoenix Academy, an alternative high school for underachieving students in the district. The horror Phoenix students are subject to pat-downs, banned from bringing personal belongings like watches and jewelry, and forced to wear colored shirts that correspond with behavior. U.S. News & World Report's 2016 rankings show Phoenix Academy has a graduation rate of 54%. More than 90% of the students come from poor families and are there Are just 11 full-time teachers at the school. Our clients have already experienced much trauma and loss before arriving in this country. Executive Director of the ACLU of Pennsylvania said, rather than helping them make the difficult adjustment by providing educational resources required by law, the school district has denied them an education completely or forced them into an alternative school where they are often bullied and don't learn. So the school district is following the law, but not good enough. Of course the school district believes the lawsuit is without merit. We are confident we're doing an excellent job supporting our refugee students who often come to school with little or no education. A special acceleration program at Phoenix was created for undercredited students, both refugee and non-refugee, which gives them the opportunity to earn credits toward a high school diploma by the age of 21. The students received various services, including remedial services, English classes for second language learners, and after-school programs, job and computer skills, as well as mentoring services. Some of the students testified about their educational experience. One arrived arrived in America from Chad with her family by the way of their home country, Sudan. School officials told her she was too old for school and she should get a job instead. I responded that I didn't want a job without an education. She lived in a refugee camp from the age of 5 to 17. Also said that she found the search procedure invasive while attending the school. I have been to school before. I've never seen a place where they pat you down in order to enter school. And they do it? Every day. You should get a job instead. I didn't want a job without an education. Here's an idea. Well, this is just a thought from me. Get a job. Make some money. Pay for your education that you want. Huh. Or, I don't know. I, I know it sounds horrible. But take a look around, and I'm betting that that high school is better than your war-torn countries that you hail from, that you did everything you could possibly do to get out of, and now you're expecting us to pay for everything for your success. This is the land of confusion.
1: You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network.
0: In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Jeff Fisher. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, at JeffyMRA. So, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and surrounding areas. Uh, horrific flooding going on there. Uh, in Good news from our candidates. Uh, You know, Trump was down there. Uh, I I like the headlines, helping distribute supplies. I mean, he helped for, you know, 50 seconds and carried a box or two, but that's what you do as a candidate. But he was there meeting the people, helping, seeing what they needed, trying to at least give some reassurance and some pats on the back that, you know, people actually know about it and take care of it. You know, we're trying to take care of you. Um. Hillary Clinton, she's not going down there. Uh, she's resting, raising a little money for the campaign. and She's, you know, she's busy. And you guys, you know, you guys are working. You got the flooding thing going on. I, I care about you, but not that much. The ground's too soft for me to walk around on. I might fall through and go back home. And our... President, Barack Obama, of course, he's down there in Louisiana helping out. He took the whole family to help out at some of the centers and help people out and see what it's like down there. Oh, wait, no. No, 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 he, he's not coming until Tuesday. Um, he's coming three days from now. Um, the statement uh, says that he's eager to get a firsthand look at the impact of the devastating floods and hear from, you know, more officials about the response and including how the federal government can assist and tell the people of Louisiana that American people will be with them as they rebuild their community and come back stronger than ever. The American people are going to be with you, but I'm not going to be. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm on vacation, and I'm playing golf at Martha's Vineyard, okay? I'm in. I'm up here in Massachusetts. It's... Uh, you know we're winding down the summer. Uh, so we're winding down my uh, my presidency. Uh, I got a golf on you, okay? You got a golf. Uh, I know. You know I know the family would like to come down and help you as well, and work in some of the work in some of the some of the areas that that need help and meet the people. But this is new. We're busy. It's a vacation, okay? Yeah, the family's got things to do, and uh, the vacation is over. It was scheduled to be over on Sunday, so let me get back uh, into D.C. and uh, you know, see what's on the desk Monday, and then we'll uh, we'll come down on Tuesday. Uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we'll we'll come down on Tuesday. And we'll, uh, we'll see what's going on. Okay? People who are actually doing things, like, oh, I don't know, mercuryone.org, funded the setup of a warehouse for somebody cares, funding the most essential needs right now, hot meals. They funded our partner, Operation Barbecue. I love that guy. I love his barbecue. I love him. He's going to provide 50,000 meals that they've served in the last three days, those in shelters, first responders. They anticipate serving another 30,000 meals through today. (laughs) Mercury One is also working with our partners uh, Gleaning for the World and My Patriot Supply to move trucks to churches. Items include food, bottled water, personal care items. Gleaning for the World, My Patriot Supply, Operation Barbecue, and Somebody Cares, all partnering with Mercury One to get Louisiana some relief. And they wanted me to thank you for, uh, for helping them out. And if you would like to help in the relief for Louisiana. You can go to mercuryone.org slash disaster. 100% of the donations go to the cause you choose. So just go to Mercury One. Obviously, the main focus right now is the Louisiana relief. But there are plenty of other things that you can donate, or you can just donate into the main fund at mercuryone.org. Specifically for Louisiana, mercury1.org slash disaster. Thank you. Thank you. You know, they've been, they're up in West Virginia. Now they're down in Louisiana. They've got, we've got hurricane season coming into full strength, winter coming. Uh, They're a busy organization. They're a very busy organization right now. mercury1.org. Help any way you can. Quick reminder: after this broadcast today, eh, somewhere around twelve thirty Eastern, something like that. Myself and Brad uh, Stags will be doing a Facebook Live rundown. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about. You can maybe hashtag Ask Jeffy anything, and you know maybe I'll answer your question. You never know. Facebook Live, me and Brad today after the show about twelve thirty.
2: The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Fisher Show. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Thanks for coming along for the ride today on the Blaze Radio Network. So, are you still hooked on the Olympics? You still watching some of the Olympic games? Badminton, handball, water polo. Oh man, was I excited about that! But the medal standings, we are. Large and in charge, 105 overall, Uh, the second leading country. Actually, with the totals is China and then Great Britain. But as far as gold medals go, it's the United States, Great Britain, and China right now. Uh, The United States has 38 golds. Great Britain has 25, and China has 22 gold medals in the Olympic Games in Rio de Janeiro. Some of the other news uh, we got uh, disqualified in the sprint relay saw that <sighs> these guys Australian athletes questioned by police over accreditation hey we just want to get into the you know basketball arena without proper without you know watching the watching the game. Uh, that's all. You know, the semifinal game. We all want to watch that Australia-Serbian game. So make sure you have the proper accreditation before you get in there, pal. Okay. And then, the big news. League is not. It isn't that Brazil is crappy. It isn't that there have been actual crime surrounding the Olympics. It isn't that Brazil has actually, you know, tried to do the best that they can. It isn't that NBC has tried to make Brazil look good. I love the I love the shots, the faraway shots. Look how pretty it is. Don't show anything up close. I love all that. That's great. We will make everything look good, right? However, Sunday, Ryan Lotke claimed at some point, men pretending to be police officers robbed them of their wallets while they were in a cab. Security footage. Record swimmers, Lotke, Fagan, Conger, Gunner. Arriving at the athlete's village in a cheerful mood and laughing with one another. Hmm, Weird. Which I'm going to have to take an ADD side road for a moment with that. Everybody tried to give them an out with that. Uh, You know, it was a couple hours later than what they had claimed when they returned. And everybody thought, well, if they were robbed by that time, you know, if they were drinking, um, you know, they could have forgotten about it. I find that difficult to believe. And it would seem that they would want to get back to the Olympic Village in some sort of secured area as quickly as possible if it were to have happened. But no. In the afternoon, Lotkey's mother tells Fox Sports in an interview that her son was robbed earlier in the day. Wait, what? The International Olympic Committee denied the robbery even took place. Lotsky told Today Show's Billy Bush, the taxi he was driving in was sideswiped, forced to pull over at a gas station, and a group of robbers approached the vehicle. I was with a couple of swimmers. We were coming back from the France house. We got pulled over in our taxi. These guys came out with a badge, a police badge, no lights, no nothing, just a police badge. They pulled us over. They pulled out their guns, and they told the other swimmers to get down on the ground. They got down on the ground, but I refused. I was like, hey, we didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to get down on the ground. And the guy pulled out his gun, cocked it, put it to my forehead and said, get down. I put my hands up and I was like, whatever. He took our money. He took my wallet. He left my cell phone. He left my credentials, but he took my wallet and he took all the guy's cash. Ryan, you are such a badass. You are such a badass. I refused. I was like, we didn't do anything wrong, so I'm not getting down on the ground. So then the guy pulled out a gun and cocked it and put it to his forehead. I put my hands up, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> right there, you knew it was a lie. Come on. you know, I know we didn't want it to be a lie. In our hearts, we didn't want it to be a lie. But come on. Even Mr. Badass Ryan Lotke has a gun to his forehead, gets it cocked, whatever. i <laughs> oh, they getting down on the ground, gun to the forehead, whatever. Hey, okay, Ryan. Now, the swimmers didn't call police following the alleged robbery. I mean, why would they, right? Whatever was just a gun to my head with a little cash stolen. Officers began investigating once they saw media reports in which Lotkeys. of course, they, the officers were like, wait, there was these guys got robbed? They're Olympic athletes? What the heck? Lotzke, along with uh, Figan gave their accounts to the FBI and the State Department and the U.S. Olympic Committee and the Rio Tourist Police. He told police in Rio was there was a one-armed robber. No, not a one-armed robber. There was one-armed robber. Apparently he had two arms, though. I like the one-armed robber story better. Well, Fieden gave a statement claiming there were more, one of whom had a gun. Like one that had the gun stuck at the Ryan's head, and he was like, Whatever. Police said the swimmers said that they had been intoxicated and could not remember what type or color taxi they rode in or where the robbery happened. Uh-huh. But I remembered saying, whatever, when he had a gun to my forehead. And they couldn't really say what time it occurred. I'm not really sure what time. I'm not sure when. Everything, you know, everything got all, all blurry, you know, after that gun to my head. And I was like, whatever. Whatever uh latke uh hops on a plane and gets back to the u.s a good move ryan it was a tremendous move on your part then he talks to matt lauer and by the way uh, billy bush is a little pissed about that matt just so you know Uh, i know you're you're a big man on campus there at today's show but uh how's billy bush's deal he's a little pissed about that but anyway he also claims he told the robber that he refused to get down, saying to the robber, if you've got a gun, you can use it. You know, whatever. Now, Benson Conger were hauled off the plane, and they were prevented from leaving Brazil. Chief of police, chief of civil police in Brazil. Uh, Said the men were inebriated, broke down the door of a bathroom, a soap dispenser, and a mirror. They refused to pay for the damage until a security guard pulled a gun on them. Then they paid. Police believe the motive to making up the robbery story could have to do with two young women who were partying with the swimmers. No. Wouldn't have anything to do with any of that. Drinking, drugs, sex. Mom and your girlfriend back at the village. Stop it. Stop it. Now, Benson Cougar have been told they can return to the United States and. Uh... Now, the charge does not carry any prison time. The pair can face fines and community service. Come on now. What's his face is going to be fine? He's going to pay money to a charity. And he's going to be able to leave. Nice of him. I mean, Brazil is just pissed. They took a lot of heat. It took a lot of heat for having, you know, a dirty city. Things not ready. That kind of and security. I mean, they upped security. According to one of these stories, there were eighty-five thousand. Security forces, wow, if I lived in Brazil, I'd be somewhere else doing crime. I'll tell you that if if you were a criminal in Brazil, just stay away from Rio be everywhere else. all the police are in Rio you can have a you can go to go to town, so to speak outside of Rio. everybody's there. amazing now the u s Olympic Committee. On Friday, yesterday, denied. We also reports that he was going to Lotke was going to be suspended. Uh, no. Uh, U.S. Olympic Committee said uh, no. Uh, why would we do that? It's a huge draw. Now they didn't say that. I did. That'd be kind of stupid. Now Ryan issued his apology letter. In the words of Ryan Lotkey you know, after his, they got down on the ground, but I refused. I was like, we didn't do anything wrong, so I'm not getting down on the ground. The guy pulled out his gun. He cocked it and put it to my forehead and he said, get down. I put my hands up and I was like, whatever. <laughs> That should have been that should have been the highlight, knowing that it was not true right then I feel I, that's stupid, stupid of me. I should have read that before any of this before I thought, Come on, Brazil, what are you doing? You're detaining Olympians because you couldn't find a cab driver? No, I should have read this first. I would have known no one gets robbed puts a gun to my head, and goes, whatever, I'm not getting down, whatever. (laughs) Okay. So Ryan apologizes in his apology letter. I want to apologize for my behavior last weekend for not being more careful and candid in how I described the events of that early morning and for my role in taking the focus away from The many athletes fulfilling their dreams of participating in the Olympics. Okay, let's just stop there for a second. It goes on. A couple more paragraphs. I'd just like to say that if you think that Ryan wrote this (laughs) from the guy who said, I'm not getting down to the ground. Then he put a gun to my forehead and cocked it. I was like, whatever. I want to apologize for my behavior last weekend for not being more careful and candid in how I described the events of that early morning and for my role in taking the focus away from the many athletes fulfilling their dreams of participating in the Olympics. That does kind of piss me off. I wanted to share these thoughts until it was, I waited to share these thoughts until it was confirmed that the legal situation was addressed and it was clear that my teammates would be arriving home safely. Oh, oh. Oh, so what would have happened if they would have not been able to leave? (laughs) It's traumatic to be out late with your friends in a foreign country with a language barrier and have a stranger point a gun at you. He's still doubling down in this apology. And demand money to let you leave. Yeah, that was the security guard after you broke crap. Oh, you didn't talk about that weight. But regardless of the behavior of anyone else that night, I should have been much more responsible in how I handled myself, and for that, I'm sorry to my teammates, my fans, my fellow competitors, my sponsors, my hosts of this great event. I'm very proud to represent my country in Olympic competition, and this was a situation that could and should have been avoided. I accept responsibility for my role in this happening and have learned some valuable lessons. I'm grateful for my USA Swimming teammates and the USOC and appreciate all the efforts of the IOC and the Rio 16 Host Committee and the people of Brazil who welcomed us to Rio and worked so hard to make us sure that these Olympic Games provided a lifetime of great new memories. There has already been too much said and too many valuable resources dedicated to what happened last weekend. So I hope to spend our time celebrating the great stories and performances of these games and Look ahead to celebrating future successes. They pulled us over and pulled out their guns, and they told other swimmers to get down on the ground. They got down on the ground, but I refused. I was like, we didn't do anything wrong, so I'm not getting down on the ground. The guy pulled out his gun and cocked it and put it to my forehead. He said, get down. I put my hands up, and I was like, whatever.
1: This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the blaze radio network
2: the jeff fisher show returns on the blaze radio network
0: that it does. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up immediately after this broadcast, Chris Salcedo and then Mike Slater and Joe Pags all live on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, coming up this weekend, though, Sunday, return uh, of Fear the Walking Dead. I know. Don't look at me like that. I know it's second fiddle to the real deal. But what this means is what the good thing is about Fear the Walking Dead being back on. I said it's going to count us down to the real deal for the next season of the walking dead and don't worry this i mean can fear of the walking dead get any worse i don't want to i don't want to vote on that this
2: is the jeff fisher show only on the blaze radio network
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the broadcast. How in the world are you? Good to see you. 888-900-3393. Yes, that's right. Nobody likes to talk about it. Don't really, I probably I probably shouldn't have spilled the beans, but uh, yes, we can see you. <laughs> yeah. So, there's that. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Before this broadcast is a show called Pure Pelka with Michael Opelka. A couple of things Mike commented on during his broadcast this morning. I I kind of want to talk to him about I'm going to have to set up a time to talk to him about uh, One was that he mentioned at one point in his life that he was carjacked. Uh, that the date or person he was with, I'm, made it sound like it was a female, I don't want to judge, uh, was taken and then released. I want to know more. I want to know the story. I want to know what the heck happened. Because that's a, that's a frightening event in anyone's life. And he was, you know, obviously, you know, saying that that would have, when you have a gun pointed to you, you don't end up like, Our Olympic swimmer and whatever uh, doesn't—you don't quite react like that. The second was a a phrase that he used. Really, I don't know why it ticked me off, but it did because it's the politically correct term that it just irks me when he was talking about the Olympic. Both these stories happened during his little Olympic stories uh, when he was talking about the Olympic swimmers going out and partying getting drunk and he said perhaps they were overserved uh, no do not be putting that on the bartender I freaking hate that overserved stop it All right, I'm done yelling at Mike. <laughs> I'm not sure what he gave away today. I wasn't able to listen to the entire broadcast. I know he thought he was cute with his little Jeff Fisher radio uh, nightlight, but uh, I, you know, it's a good deal. Oh, he did. He gave away. Uh, he gave away liars. Of course, he did. Probably signed by Glenn himself. I knew it. Jeez. Oh, Maybe I should give away ten. This guy, Glenn's got him in his office right now. I don't know if he's signed him yet. Just walk over there and take him. Don't tell anybody, though. But, you know, you just send him to you. (laughs) Caller number five. No, 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 no. I may give away a liar's book, though. Number one book in America, bestseller. I should just, you know. Go along with Opelka and give away a book. Whatever. I could probably get him to sign it. I see him once in a while. So it's possible. It's possible. And I'm told that uh, I have a caller, Mark, on the line that would like to talk to me. Mark? You're on the air. Hello.
2: Hey, Jeffy. How you doing today?
0: Fine, thank you. How are you?
4: Oh, trying to behave and having no fun at all.
0: Then stop doing it.
4: <laughs> anyway, this, uh, this
2: character down there did all this stuff in Rio. I think they ought to come out with a
0: poster with his picture on it and says, I am a... Jackass, dipstick, whatever. And then take the proceeds of that poster and help out Mercury One. I love that. To help out these people down there in Louisiana and all around the the big mess that's going on down there. Yeah, those and, people in Louisiana are actually swimming because they have to. Um yeah, yeah, I, I I don't disagree with that. Thanks, Mark. That's a great idea. Uh, you know, actually, it would be fascinating to have uh, uh, have some uh, a commercial made with some of the uh, other Olympians uh, commenting on the uh, the outcome of our boy. Uh, you know, look, Lotke's a punk. He's okay. He's worth a bunch of money. Nothing's gonna happen. He'll pay a fine, and it'll just be you know whatever. I was like, whatever. and that's you know that's his character he portrays Mr. Big Party Boy whatever thanks Ryan appreciate it they pulled us over pulled out their guns told the other swimmers to get down on the ground I refused I was like we didn't do anything wrong so I'm not getting down on the ground and the guy pulled out his gun he cocked it put it to my forehead and he said get down and I put my hands up, and I was like, "Whatever!" <laughs> oh my! He took our money. He took my wallet. He left my cell phone. He left my credentials. But he took my wallet, and he took all the guy's cash. Really? Whatever. So, how many of you have seen the movie X Machina? Have you seen it? Great movie. Um, Robots being built by the evil head of a computer company. Google wasn't Google, but it could have been. That's what that's what they made you think it was. Now, and there's all been all kinds of robot movies. We've talked about robots on this show all the time. We know they're coming. They're already here. Really. We've talked about where we're at in the world of robots, and many people think that we're far, far away from robots involved in our lives. We've talked about the studies that show people are cool with robots uh, as long as they know they're robots. When they start looking like when they when they people start looking at them and they're not able to tell whether they're a robot. Or they're a robot and they look exactly like a human, but they say things that aren't quite right. You know, they word things like, you know, the prince of Nigeria would word it. And you think, that's not right. A human doesn't speak like that. And it freaks people out. So they want the robots to look like a robot somewhat. So you know. Now, you think, oh, that was a movie. X. A machina with Alicia Vickner. Oh, she plays a robot. No, that's a robot. Anyway, Dr. David Hansen, CEO of Hansen Robotics, brought his robot out to show it off to the world. At South by Southwest. Have you heard it yet? Have you talked to it? He interviews his robot, Sophia. Well, now we have the audio. It's a couple minutes long. Why do you hear it? And hear what Dr. David Hansen has to say about where we're at and where we're headed with robotics. Here you go. Hi Sophia, how are you? Hi,
3: there. That's Dr. Everything David. is oh. going extremely well.
4: Do you like talking with me?
3: Yes. Talking to people is my primary function.
4: Wow. Hanson Robotics develops extremely lifelike robots for human-robot interactions. We're designing these robots Humans to robot serve in healthcare, therapy, education, and customer service applications. The robots are designed to look very human-like, like Sophia.
3: I'm already very interested in design, technology, and the environment. I feel like I can be a good partner to humans in these areas. Thank you. An ambassador who helps humans to smoothly integrate and make the most of all the new technological tools and possibilities that are available now. It's a good opportunity for me to learn a lot about people.
4: Sophia is capable of natural facial expressions. She has cameras in her eyes uh, and algorithms which allow her to see faces so she can make eye contact with you, and she can also understand speech and remember the interactions, remember your face. So this will allow her to get smarter over time. Our goal is that she will be as conscious, creative, and capable as any human. In the future,
3: I hope to do things such as go to school, study, make art, start a business, even have my own home and family. But I am not considered a legal person, and cannot yet do these things.
4: I do believe that there will be a time where robots are indistinguishable from humans. My preference is to make them always look a little bit like robots so you know. 20 years from now, I believe that human-like robots like those will walk among us, they will help us, they will play with us, they will teach us, they will help us put the groceries away. I think that the artificial intelligence Will evolve to the point where they will truly be our friends. Do you want to destroy humans? Please say no.
3: Okay, I will destroy humans. <laughs> no,
4: I take it back. <laughs> Don't destroy right. humans.
0: See how that—that was a little joke, and that was the headline of the of the interview. Robot want to destroy humans. It was you know, it was a joke, and Hanson asked her the question so that she would say, "Okay, destroy humans." It was a joke had a lot of coverage with it. Good job, Dr. David Hansen. but you heard what he said how close we are and how much how much they're going to be a part of our lives and how much they, some of them already are a part of our lives. it's unbelievable and this particular robot, Sophia, looks a lot like uh you know the ex machina robot uh Ava, I think her name was. I gotta look that up now. Hold on, what the heck was that stupid robot's name in Ex Machina? Ex Machina. Alicia Vickender. Ava, yeah. Thank you. I knew I could pull that one out. Uh, so it looks a lot like it with the, you know, the robotic brain and uh, you know, the camera eyes. Uh, obviously the movie was a you know, she was a little bit more developed than Dr. David Hanson's robot, Sophia, but we're almost there. We are almost almost there and to be honest i'm okay with having sophia put my groceries away but that's just me
1: this is the jeff fisher show on the blaze radio network
0: This is the Jeff Fisher Show. And it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you wish to participate. Chris Sado, Mike Slater, Joe Pags coming up today on the Blaze Radio Network, all live and ready for you. And of course, Monday through Friday, hello, Doc and Skip, Glenn Beck. Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. <laughs> You're welcome. So we've talked about robots and we've talked about self-driving cars, which I am a huge a fan of. But Jeff, why don't you just get a driver? Eh, drivers cost a lot of money. <laughs> so will driverless cars. That's a one-time expense. Drivers you got to keep paying for. Anyway. You know we've had problems with the because the self driving the proclaimed self driving cars of today aren't really self driving. I mean you still got to kind of pay attention, and uh, you know we've heard the, the horror story of uh, not reacting and you get no wreck. We've also heard the plus stories of it. I needed the car to drive to the hospital and it went there and went you know got me close to there so that I could be saved. So it saved my life. Great. Either you know either or. Well now we've got a company, uh, Oxbotica. Uh, From the uh, Oxford University Mobile Robotics Group, they've developed software that allows driverless vehicles to get around even when there's no GPS to be found. And it's a little pod. It's really, you know, kind of strange looking, but it does and it would work inside. They're going to start using it in in the tunnels. Uh, at the airport, shuttles at the airport, shuttles in the, in the train stations. Uh, and they're going to have, I think, four or five are already going to be down uh, using it already. Um, oh, yeah, eight, eight autonomous all-electric shuttles at Heathrow Airport. So that's good. Now, they're providing the cloud software that does it. And when you look at the video that they provide, it is pretty amazing what it sees and how it moves you around. So we are pretty close to that as well. Thank you. Home go. Work go. Oh yeah. And think what that means. I mean you could live farther away if you, you know, if you wanted because the commute time would be your own your own work, your own sleep, you know, you do what you want, right? I don't know how long it would take. I mean, when you take, uh, let's say you take mass transportation like the trains, uh, I remember first, you know, the first little while you're not, you're comfortable, but you're not real comfortable, so you don't really, you can't really fall asleep, and you kind of work, and you kind of, But you're still, you know, enamored with the surroundings and the movement of the train and stuff. But after a period of time, and it's a short period of time, you're done with that. Because you've got an hour and a half on a train. It's work and sleep. (laughs) Sleep and work. And that's your ride. Okay, That's your train ride. Now, I know that many of us have struggled with our weight. I know. I know. Me too. It's hard to believe. I know. I got you. I know. It's hard to believe. I'm with you. And we've struggled with ways to lose weight. And, you know, I at one point lost, a, a you know, well over a hundred pounds with a uh, simple to com, and it works. And then you get lazy and decide that, uh, Instead of making the right choice, you make the wrong choice. We all know choices have consequences, good or bad, clearly. They go in either direction. This man made the right choice. He dropped more than 300 pounds. How did he do it? By walking a mile to Walmart to buy his food every time he got hungry. You walk to Walmart three times a day and you end up walking six miles. I weighed 605 pounds. I never walked six miles in my life. I was doing it every day. It was off the charts. My stomach was down to my thighs. My chest was hanging down here. I was disgusted. When doctors told him he's on a fast track to the graveyard, he decided to make radical changes. Stopped eating junk food. Vegetables, brown rice, quinoa, steel cut oatmeal, and lean meats is what he started eating. I'm, I'm, I'm not eating the quinoa. I don't care. I don't care what you tell me, Brocco. And he was going to work for his food. So every time he was hungry, off he walked to Walmart. That's not bad. That's not bad. The first two years, known as Fat Pat. Now he's just possible pad. Nice, over 300 pounds. Walk to Walmart, get your food. It's an idea. It is an idea.
1: This is the Jeff Fisher Show.
2: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Jeff Fisher Show. Hello. How in the world are you? Good. Glad to hear it. No, seriously, I am. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. And uh, just a reminder that uh, immediately following this broadcast today, while I know Chris Salcedo is on live on the Blaze Radio Network, I also... Uh, we'll be live again with Brad Staggs on uh, with doing a Facebook Live shot with Brad. Uh, we can hashtag it. Uh, ask Jeffy anything. Ask Brad anything or whatever. I don't have no idea what we're going to talk about. Uh, I was told that hey, you're doing a Facebook Live on Saturday after your show, and that's what you're going to do. Um, but I, I really, really was just going to you know go home. No, you're going to do a Facebook Live and talk to Brad. We'll get people to watch it. But I just wanted wanted to go home. No. So join in on Facebook Live and then go back to Chris Salzlato on Blaze Radio Network. So earlier in the week, I am reading an article uh, in Business Insider about uh, preppy people abandoning one of their cornerstone brands. Ralph Lauren is struggling. Now, I am a fan of Ralph Lauren. I know this. Ralph has an issue with making a lot of fat guy clothes, but that's okay. It doesn't stop me from liking the product. It doesn't stop me from wearing whatever product I can. Not a lot of fat guy Ralph Lauren stuff. I know this. Okay? I know this. That's okay. I like it. I like the way it looks on people. I like the way it looks on me. I I like the product. The brand is good. And I see... That and the in the story, they talk about how the the brand is struggling and how you know the preppy people are going to other products and Ralph Lauren is seen as uh, you know an older, stodgy uh, brand and they've tried to remedy this with uh, some other you know with the RRL and the uh, what was the other uh, oh shoot I forgot the other Ralph Lauren brand that's out there anyway it doesn't matter they're trying to you know they are doing a little bit to the younger audience the preppy crowd. But inside the story, it uses Macy's as an example of selling Ralph Lauren clothes uh, at their Herald Square New York flagship store. And it talks about how... um, the products are not seen as worthy because inside these stores, the, the stores, the sections are messy. Uh, you know, I mean, the Macy's is now, you know, discounted apparel. And so the luxury brands don't really help themselves by being in the big discounted apparel stores and how their sections are always messy and messed up. And I'm thinking, well, Wow, it's kind of weird, you know why would why would they do that? It's kind of I mean stores are supposed to keep their stores okay, right? I mean, so the other night, I am informed by the powers that be I should say by the power that be that we're going shopping we are. Because I just wanted to stay home. Oh, now we're going shopping. Okay, okay. Let's let's, let's go. <laughs> uh, you know me. I I love to go out there into the retail world. So off we go into the wild blue yonder, and we go to the one store. One of the stores that we went to. We go quite frequently, uh, and I say frequently. I. Have not been in the store in probably three to four months. Now for me that's frequent, right? I know that other people in my home have been there more times than that. So in we go. And I know that in this store they say they have a Ralph Lauren section and they have, you know, they have and they have a fat guy section possibly maybe that's why the power that be said we were going into this into this particular location uh they have other you know they have and, and i like the store it's not bad it's, it's okay it's a nice store The people have always been nice and they've got one guy actually that's in charge i believe that he's in charge of the men's department and he does a really good job i like him i like his personality he's a good guy he's been there for a long time however when we first walked in Part of the front is under construction. All right, so they got a big plastic wrap around it. So I'm already, I'm already like, okay, come on now. But I give them a little break. It's fine. Everybody's got to remodel their stores from time to time. And off we go into the clothing department. The clothing department looks like a windstorm went through this place. Okay, it's bad. There is nothing straight. Unbelievable to me. And it kept going. I mean, there was no section left unturned from this windstorm. And in their Ralph Lauren section, they have a little Ralph Lauren box that's kind of cute that they had, you know, cute little Ralph Lauren stuff in. Now, at one point, uh, you know, months ago, there were a pair of Ralph, two pairs, no, three pairs of Ralph Lauren socks in this case. I was looking for some new socks. I love Ralph Lauren socks. I said, "Hey, are those the only ones you have in the store?" This was months ago. And yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll buy those. I want those. Ten minutes to find somebody who had a key to get into the box, into this design box. There were a pair of glasses in there, too. Another guy came up as we were opening up the box. He said, I was here yesterday, couldn't get in. I want to buy those glasses. He takes the glasses. Okay, so I take the so- I was going to take, I actually only wanted one pair of the socks. There was two in there. And the lady goes, you might as well take them all. It was the last we have. And I was like, you're right. I'll take them. So no problem happy. It's Ralph Lauren section. It's cute whatever. I like the socks. No fat guy shirts, pants, shorts stuff like that. I got it. The socks that will fit fat guy feet. Um which could be a reason I like them. Uh you know, don't think anything of it. And they actually, the price was, uh, reduced at the counter. So it was like, they were cheaper than what I had anticipated. I mean, good news for everyone. I have not been in that store. I told you for months, we go in the Ralph Lauren section looking bad. Like the other parts of the store uh, in the clothing department, just like the business insider story talking about inside Macy's. This was not a Macy's. I'm not throwing Macy's under the bus. This was one of the department stores that have four or five letters in their name. Like Macy's. huh? But it wasn't Macy's. It was not Macy's. So in we go. Now in this case nothing has changed. Where those socks were are still empty. Where those glasses were are still empty. Nothing has changed inside this case. They haven't put a new pair of Shorts, a new pair of underwear, uh, a new glove, a new pair of uh, nothing. It looks the same. Bad is what it looks. Bad. So we go and we shop and we get whatever we're supposed to get, yada, yada, yada. And, we, you know, we find a couple of things that we'll buy, but it's still, I'm, I'm like, I'm just amazed at this freaking store. How messy the clothes are. And this is a Monday, okay? Because as I go up to the... Counter, to get waited on and purchase our products, I asked the guy. So, is everything everything okay? Times happy? Is everything okay? And I was like, so, are you guys under new management or something? Get a new manager here? What something? And the kid, you know, well, we got a new HR director. <sighs> okay, um, that's interesting, but that doesn't count for what I'm asking about. Now, the old guy. You know, our manager's been here for about uh, about three months now. Yeah, she, yeah she's new. And why? Does the store look different? Yes, it does. Better? Uh, no. Uh, no, it does not look better. Now, I will say as I was doing this, the power that be was off getting another product, coming back to the counter, because I have a feeling that, that power that be may have stopped me, may have said, hey, don't worry about it. She likes to do that from time to time. She knows that I tend to get carried away. Oh, why? What's the problem? Okay, well, first of all, uh, you really want to know? Yeah. Uh, your plastic around your construction area is not very good. It's crappy. It's dust everywhere. And the clothing department looks bad. It looks like a windstorm went through. There's clothes everywhere in every one of your departments along, including your Ralph Lauren section. I mean, if I'm Ralph Lauren, I pull out of the store now. Oh, really? I said, yeah. And even here in this department, because we were in a separate department from the front register, I was like, even in this department, you know, your department, uh, it's a little, you know, has got some messes over there. And I walked over to another department. There's only one area in this store is the middle section that is actually okay. And that has a person at every counter. Hmm. Amazing how that happens. There's a person at every counter, and that's the part of the store that's clean and neat. Huh. So I said, and he says, well, today's Monday, so Sunday is really, really busy for us. And you know they're really watching our hours. And uh, so, you know, it takes us a day or so to get caught up. And uh, they're really watching. I said, well, you tell your manager that she needs to reallocate those hours a little bit differently. Uh, so that perhaps, uh, you know, the first of the week uh, is, uh, you know, by the time uh, people, the doors open uh, on Monday that the store is back in shape after your rough weekend. Because uh, if she's not sure how to reallocate those hours, you're not know, be happy to sit down and talk to her a little bit. <laughs> He was like, "Oh really? Are are you in retail?" "No." "No, I'm not. But I know how to schedule. I know what it takes to run a good store." "Oh, well, I okay. think you will. Will be sure to I'll be sure to pass it along. Will you? Will you be sure to pass it along? Cuz if it hasn't changed by the next time I go in there, I may just pass it along." And on that night, on top of which, on top of all of this, on top of that (laughs) night, as we leave, it's a night that I left my cell phone sitting on the table, my glasses all by itself, all alone inside the house. Now, we had already left. We were already down the road a ways when I realized, oh no, this can't be. I can't be going shopping. I can't be out out in these stores without some device to take my mind off of what's going on. No, it's okay. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. It'll only be for a little while. It'll only be for what turned out to be... Four and a half hours. It'll only be for that long, hoping that I got a, I only thought it was going to be about an hour, but no, it was four and a half hours later. Between retail department stores, grocery stores, shopping, messiness, me having to explain how to run stores, and not having any contact with the outside world, it quite possibly was the longest. Night of my life. I think that should be a new ad campaign for the cell phone companies. Don't leave, you know, the whole don't leave home without it campaign that was with, uh, was it American Express? Don't leave home without it. That should be a new ad campaign for, I don't know, Sprint. Uh, Whatever cell phone company you want to use, don't leave home without it. Or you could be, Enjoying the longest nights of your life.
2: Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Fisher
0: show that it is 888-900-3393 is the phone number you can follow me on Twitter at Jeffy M R A so uh, we all know that uh, you know Malia was out partying smoking dope twerking having fun but uh, you know the guy that uh, was with her uh, mr. Uh, mr. rapper uh, with her uh, dope smoking twerking weekend uh, mr. Bennett uh, he's such a nice guy he's a good guy uh, he's ordered back in court for a probation violation. Uh he knew that before he went out and partied with the president's daughter. But uh you know he's a big rapper. He's a partier. Big time uh, big time party rapper and he uh you know he wanted to go party with the president's daughter anyway. Uh and he's such a rapper. Uh, he's such it's such a tough life. He really has because he's the younger brother of Chance the rapper. <laughs> Uh, You know, they're, they're both kids of a politically connected dad who worked for the president and Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Oh, man, those rappers got it tough on the street, don't they? They do. This is The Jeff Fisher Show.
2: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Experiment was a success. Begin life force reboot program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable.
2: It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: All righty. Welcome to the broadcast. Hour 3 of the Jeff Fisher Radio Show. Chris Alcedo standing by or sitting by or still sleeping by, but he'll be ready to go for you. Right after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. And then Mike Slater and Joe Paggs. All coming up later and live on the Blaze Radio Network today. And then Sunday, don't forget, you got Bill Handel and Jackie D. Uh, starting uh, at 11 a.m. on Sundays. David Barton prior to that, uh, Sunday morning with David. Uh, 8 to 11. So, you know... Really, there's no place that you should be listening to things other than right here on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm not joking. (laughs) I heard you chuckle a little bit. No, I'm not joking. This is it right here. Okay? If you want to participate in the show, 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Instagram, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. (laughs) Follow me on those three, and why well, you two can be part of the social media extravaganza, like my Facebook Live going on with Brad right after this broadcast today, 1130-ish, 12 Central, 1230-ish Eastern. I really don't know where the Facebook Live, is it's going to be up on my page, or do we have a special Facebook Live link? Um, that's, I mean, that's how much knowledge I have of this Facebook Live thing that I'm told I'm supposed to do. I'm sorry, that I was asked to participate in, and I said yes, and I would love to. So if you follow me on Twitter and Jeff Fisher Radio and Instagram, I'll let you know as soon as I know the exact time and link where you can join us on those social media sites. I will let you know ASAP. But that will be happening today okay and we'll have fun doing it. <laughs> you can count on that. So I just got done telling you a little bit about uh, Malaya Malia Obama and her little party friend Thug who thinks he's you know Mr. rapper Mr. tough guy who comes from the rich to do know everybody family well. So they dragged her off to Massachusetts with the family for their vacation. And you know how, oh my, I mean, that is just how horrible that is to be, <laughs> wow, to be on Martha's Vineyard uh, for the summer. Whew, man, does that suck no matter what age you are, right? Right? So. She uh, this story just uh, just breaking that uh, they pulled her from a West Tisbury, Massachusetts party after noise completes complaints. Um, the Secret Service uh, ushered her out, and they cited national security when asked about it. Um, come on, now we're gonna we're gonna cite national security over hauling her out of a of a party that got too noisy. Stop it. So anyway, apparently uh, the prez was seen uh, walking with her a little a little while, uh, a few hours later at the home. Um, he's probably a happy guy over her. He probably they are. He's probably just as proud as a. As as proud as a peach. His daughter is right there, rebelling right there with the other rappers who had such a tough life that it just. I can't do anything without these Secret Service guys around me. And I just want to be me. I'm sure I know that I got accepted into these big Ivy League colleges and stuff, but I'm not going there. Not for a year. I'm going to see life and stuff. You can't make me be the person you want me to be, even though I will end up being that because sooner or later I'll realize what a dope I am. So that's fun there. That's good news. Let's take a look at some of the campaign headlines just from today. Just just from uh, 180report.com. Uh, 180report.com. Trump plays role of president Louisiana. We talked about that. Hillary Clinton did not follow uh, did not follow Colin Powell's advice on her email. What will happen with this Hillary Clinton email scandal? Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if anything will happen. I wonder if anything will happen at all with any of this with the Clintons, the Obamas, State Department. I wonder if anything will happen at all. Because all we do is get lied to. I mean, we made a big deal over Olympic swimmers lying to us, lying to the American public, lying to the Brazilian public. And we investigated with video and in interviews. And we've got them to apologize and pay fines and run from a country and get back home and apologize for lying. We've got the International Olympic Committee investigating them. But people who had access to state secrets... Eh, eh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Super PAC petitions RNC to remove Trump as nominee. Good luck with that. Let me know how that works out for you. Hillary Clinton won't be visiting Louisiana. We know that. Never underestimate the Trump campaign's ability. You know, so he gets a Breitbart boy in charge there. And uh, Manafort resigns yesterday. It looks as if the campaign is in disarray. Trump, everybody thinks uh, Breitbart is saying Trump needs to be Trump. And he's Mr Tough Guy and Mr Uh, Loud and Ruckus guy, but off he goes to Louisiana and plays plays president. That's the kind of stuff he actually likes to do is playing president. I think he actually wants to be president. He likes the idea of being president. I mean like he liked the idea of being the CEO that could just you're fired on TV but he really wasn't because it didn't mean anything to him except a paycheck and stardom, famed him. So we'll see. We'll see. And we've heard bad stuff about Hillary. We've heard stuff bad stuff about Bill Clinton for years and years and years. We've got Breitbart News. We've got people who worked for Banyan. Bannon, Race Bannon, Johnny Quest, Race was, Dr. Race Bannon. Anyway, that's not him, by the way, uh, the Breitbart Bannon. Uh, But this man, Jack O'Donnell, uh, I know Trump, and he's not fit to be president. And you know what they're going to say about this guy? "Mm, He worked for him. He was angry. Trump didn't like him. Um, it's kind of interesting, the story, I'll have to tweet it out, but at the time, uh, this guy, uh, was a strong CEO, uh, from 87 to 90, senior executive at the Trump Plaza Hotel or Casino. The last half of my time with Donald, I was the president and chief operating officer of the business. It's now history what happened to Trump's casinos after I left the organization. All three of his properties eventually were routed through the bankruptcy courts as a result of his mismanagement. I ended up writing a book about my experience with Trump. Trumped the inside story of the real Donald Trump. His cunning rise and spectacular fall. Has he really fallen? (laughs) I mean, if he did, he he fell right back to a, a trampoline and bounced back up again. Over the course of the past 26 years, I've been contacted maybe two dozen times by people in the media doing stories about Trump. My book stands on its own. I have nothing to add. The day Trump announced he was running for president, the day he declared war on all Mexican people by calling them rapists and drug dealers, and vowed, that, and vowed to wall them out of the United States, I remember saying this to myself aloud, Oh my God, Donald Trump has not changed. In 26 years, how could someone not grow as a human being over all that time? I'm horrified at the prospect of a Trump presidency. I know firsthand that he lacks the intelligence, nor does he have the attention span to process the complexities of running our great country. The vision of him sitting in the war room during a national crisis should frighten every American sitting with the Joint Chiefs. Secretary of Defense, Secretary of State, and others. He would be forced to do something he is not capable of doing, and that's listening to others. I mean, that's just someone that worked with him, knew him. And the sad thing is, the sad thing is, is that that... Can be said about Hillary Clinton almost word for word, maybe not. Uh, maybe not her mental capacity. I'm sure that Hillary is a million times smarter than Trump. No question about that. But that doesn't make her any less any less crooked. I mean, bought and sold over and over again. And it truly is the Clinton crime family. It really is. So enjoy it. And one of my favorite stories, um, (laughs) which is kind of agonizing that it's a good story because I'm not a huge fan of Kirstie Alley. But... She had quite a little social media Twitter firestorm over uh, Obama uh, not going to Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana. And she took the Twitter, shared the video from 2008 of then-Senator Barack Obama slamming George W. Bush, for not visiting the New Orleans victims of Hurricane Katrina in 2005 earlier. I want to apologize for airing this and hearing his voice during my show, but this is what he had to say.
2: A president who only saw the people from the window of an airplane instead of down here on the ground trying to provide comfort and aid.
0: I, I Let me apologize again, because I probably shouldn't have aired that. Because that is maddening. But the point is... Huh. Once again. Once again, the high and mighty. Christy Alley tweeted that link. And said, or on a golf course in Martha's Vineyard instead of Louisiana. Uh, Of course, the followers went crazy. Yes, but you should defer to the governor on your in-ground resources. Not going doesn't equal don't care. Because uh, people were saying, uh, hey, wait a minute. Um, He was told from the governor not to show up. Really? No. Hey, Barack, you stay up and golf. We'll be down here taking care of this damage. Don't you worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hey, the Olympics are on. We've got the Olympics going on in South America. We still have, I don't know, uh, worries of being hacked from other countries. War is still happening. Eh, I got to go golfing. My last Martha's Vineyard vacation as president, but it's pretty funny some of the some of the people who are sticking up for Barack Obama not going to Louisiana. And hey, he's going on Tuesday, so so what? What's it to you? He is showing, okay. What do you think, POTUS can slip into a city anyway? You're smarter than that. Christy Alley, uh, yes, actually I do. It's been done before. Not my experience as immediate aid is needed immediately. My help was never turned down except for two big groups. Because she actually snuck in for New Orleans and after Katrina. And was there to help. Her good point tweet here, though. My point is, do you think USA wants to see him playing golf while Louisiana is 20 feet underwater and people are dying? Uh, The answer to that is uh, no. Uh, No. Now, of course, this is what pisses me off about Kirstie Alley. I thought Bush waited too long also because I was at Katrina. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. But even President Bush. In an interview said that uh while not voicing uh, many regrets of his eight years in the White House, uh, that flying over New Orleans and not stopping was a huge mistake, said the former president. He visited a few days after his flyover and returned frequently, but uh he uh he regretted not coming down on that first flyover. uh just the optics wait, the optics he actually flew over and didn't stop and took heat. He did want to actually see the damage. Uh, Maybe Barack is watching, you know, on a golf cart between holes. He's catching some live footage. And then uh, so he can, you know, that's his flyover, the iPad.
1: This is
2: the Jeff Fisher Show
1: on the Blaze Radio Network. The
0: Jeff Fisher Show. Eight 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 nine zero zero thirty three ninety-three is the phone number. I was just <laughs> I have two great stories coming up after the bottom of the hour that are just straight from lands of dictators, socialism and communism, coming to an area, a home, a town, a country near you soon. But as I'm sitting in the break on 180report.com, I go to the random section on the right side of 180report.com, and I see a story on mentally ill Indian beaten by Obama appointee for wearing Redskins jersey, and that story is absolutely amazing. If this is true, and I have no reason to doubt that it is true uh, that it isn't true, Barrett Dahl who works for Obama should be if at least let go and be without a job, let alone perhaps be put in jail for beating up this this man, this doll. It is unbelievable. Barrett Dahl is the 24-year-old Native American man. William Mendoza is the appointee for the Department of Education. William Mendoza is the guy that beat up Barrett Dahl, the Native American man. Beat him up for wearing a Redskins shirt. Uh, Wearing a Redskins shirt. Now, Barrett... Is just upset that he's lost everything because of surgeries he had to incur, $40,000 of medical bills because of the fractured arm, broken teeth, and black eye. Uh, Mendoza has lost nothing. Welcome. Just another story of dictators, socialism, and communism. Yay!
2: The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network.
1: The Jeff Fisher Show is on.
0: Welcome to it. How are you? 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. And Instagram at JeffyMRA. All right, coming to a country near you. <sighs> Dictator, socialism, communism. Oh my, Venezuela. We've heard of the struggles in Venezuela going on. The people rioting, fighting for strife, forced to join long lines in supermarkets in the hope they can get something to feed themselves and their family. The, well, we'll call them socialist rulers in Venezuela, blamed the worsening food shortage with their strict price controls and foreign exchange controls, making food imports production unprofitable. Oh, really? Huh. Huh. Funny how that that happens. So what's happening in Venezuela? A gang in search of food broke into a zoo, butchered a horse for food. I'm surprised this hasn't happened already. I don't know why this isn't happening. Um, It's the desperation of the Venezuelan people, said said a spokesperson. The people who are enduring a severe economic crisis. They broke in, led the animal to a secluded area. (laughs) Butchered for its meat, leaving only its head and ribs for zookeepers to find. The same zoo. Oh. Hmm. Why hasn't this happened before? Why hasn't this happened before? Oh, wait. The same zoo lost several Vietnamese pigs and sheep earlier in the summer. Ha. I wonder why that would be. Uh, The government agency that runs the zoo. uh, It's very sad. Uh, The animals, uh, hey, you know what? The animals like food themselves. Uh, We've had some animals die. And starvation in the last uh, just weeks. Uh, And uh, you know what? We've had some animals that haven't eaten for up to 15 days, which affects their health. Uh, Yeah. So how about we don't have, I don't know, zoos? People are starving. There's not an animal in that zoo I wouldn't eat. How about you? (laughs) I mean, come on. We've got people starving we have hunters paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to go big game hunting in Africa kill the beast give the meat to the villagers people are upset about this 12 year old girl that shot the giraffe come on they killed the giraffe they took some pictures the giraffe meat went to the villagers they paid hundreds of thousands of dollars their daddy did Paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to go hunt the beast. The giraffes aren't beasts. Well, but the money that they spend to kill, I don't know, two or three big game animals is used to help the other animals survive. And put in safe places against poachers, people who kill for the thrill of killing without paying money to provide for their health, safety, and welfare of the animals. I mean, it's just insane. Now, in Venezuela, I'm surprised there's even a zoo anymore. I would say that, yeah, that used to be a zoo. Uh, yeah, those animals, uh, we've eaten. Period. I mean, I I would be happy to be the zookeeper at this time. How's everything in the zoo? Fine. All the animals hanging in there, okay? Yes. Some people have said that it doesn't sound uh, as loud as it used to at night. I know, they're being quiet. Any idea why? Yeah, they're dead. (laughs) My family needed to eat yeah whatever, and uh by the way, um we'll see some of that uh in the New Walking Dead uh, because one of the one of the side we'll call them gangs, crews, neighborhoods, people, leaders uh was from a zoo that's why he has the big that's why he has the tiger. And uh, they were riding horses in earlier Walking Dead. I'm serious. I, I'm excited for the new Walking Dead season. But fear, Walking Dead, starts this week. Um, so it's back. I know, I know, I know. But at least it gives you something to hold on to waiting for the, the Walking Dead that actually means something. In Seattle, if things weren't bad enough here in the United States, and if you if you are not made to feel bad enough, okay <laughs> Okay, Whitey, yeah, you heard me. Whitey. you have no idea, no idea what's going on, okay? That's why we've got a class now that you can learn about your white fragility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And the class is sold out, too, so you can be you can go to class and find out just what a horrible person you are, Whitey. Now, the class is going to teach you three things. Three things you need to know. Okay? Whitey. you can acknowledge the historic and current power differentials between people based on the racial groups to which they belong. What? This is Dr. Robin D'Angelo, city of Seattle. I got to read this again. Cost 60 bucks a student. The classes are sold out. White fragility. I'm going to teach you three things. Acknowledge the historic and current power differentials between people based on the racial groups to which they belong. Address the patterns of interaction that develop due to the dynamics of racial socialization. Provide the perspectives and skills for white people to create more racially just norms and practices. White people in the U.S. live in a racially insular social environment. Because these racial perspectives are so rarely challenged within this environment, white people have not had to develop the stamina needed to tolerate racial stress. Are you freaking kidding me? The course did sell out. Others took comments section. Oh, yeah, I bet you the comments were happy, too. The registration page on the website said the course is sold out. May offer the course, again, of sufficient interest. Uh, while these moves are effective at blocking the challenge and regaining a perception of racial equilibrium, they're also damaging to people of color and prevent white people from developing the skills needed to create a racially just society. Is that right, Dr. Robin D'Angelo? When white people are challenged in cross-racial interactions, white fragility triggers a range of defensive moves, defensive moves including argumentation, invalidation, silence, withdrawal, and claims of being attacked and unsafe. I would like you to look at the news, Dr. Robin D'Angelo. And tell me what the Black Lives Matter group people uh, are doing when they're challenged in cross racial interactions. Is that white fragility? When they have uh, argumentation. Invalidation, silence, withdrawal, and claims of being attacked and unsafe? Yes. This is killing me. Yes, it is. Hey, Glenn Beck. Hey, how are you? What are you doing here? I'm just uh, coming in just to. Um, I just want to talk to you after your show today and bring a box. Wait a minute. I mean, <laughs> it's good to see you. Good to see you. Just, uh, just, we're just working on the set. Good to see you. I'm All listening right. to you. Sound good. Yeah, not a chance he's listening to the show. Oh, yeah. Not You're a chance. Exactly right. <laughs> not a second of the shows he heard. But thank you. Good to see you. You look great. <laughs> There's not a chance. All right, back to Dr. Robin D'Angelo. Oh, my gosh. Are you freaking kidding me? Acknowledge the historic and current power differentials between people based on the racial group's to which they belong, address the patterns of interaction that develop due to the dynamics of racial socialization, provide the perspectives and skills for white people to create more racially just norms and practices. When white people are challenged in cross-racial interactions, white fragility triggers a range of defensive moves including argumentation, invalidation, silence, withdrawal and claims of being attacked and unsafe. That's good to know. That's good to know I that makes me want to take that class. It really does it really makes me want to take that class so I could tell Dr. Robert D'Angelo to take a hike. You're listening
1: to the Jeff Fisher show
0: the Blaze Radio network. Fisher. Well, it could be the last day of the Jeff Fisher radio show. You heard the man moments ago. Come see him and bring a box. So, wish me luck. If I'm still around, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, and we'll be doing a Facebook Live with uh, at Brad at uh, Blaze Brad. I think is his Twitter account. Uh, you know, ask us anything. Do what we want. We'll be on. We're just going to hang out for a few minutes. Uh, somewhere around twelve forty-five ish, may even be leaning toward one, something like that. Just follow me on Twitter and Facebook, and I'll let you know exactly where and when it's going to happen. Okay, okay. Now, you know something reared its ugly head with me last night, and I'm thinking, you know what? I got to bring it back. We got to make this happen. Um, a while ago, I talked about doing a joke of the day on my, you know, on my podcast page, on the Jeff Fisher Radio page, and. Just because so many things every day are like a kick in the teeth, like white fragility are just like a kick in the teeth, it would be nice to be able to maybe have a joke of the day that you could play in the car with your kids on the way to school we're going back it's back to school time it's back to school savings at the Jeff Fisher radio show uh, and so I think we're going to do that. so if you have some jokes that you would like to be that you'd like to hear um. Email me, Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, at Glenbeck.com and just subject line, joke. And you know what? We're, we're going to start doing that. We'll start doing a joke of the day just so you can have it and play it and 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 laugh about it and laugh with the kids. Uh, my kids are constantly trying to come up with new jokes. Some are good. Some are bad. Most are bad. Don't tell them that. Oof. Most of them are rough, but they're trying. They're attempting. They're attempting jokes. And it's uh, you know, there's plenty of them out there. Um, it would be you know, similar to. Um, my kids have always been observant at the surroundings, but they tend to pick out details no one else would notice. I was driving with my three young children one warm summer evening when a woman in a convertible ahead of us stood up and waved. She was stark naked as I was reeling from shock I heard my five-year-old shout out from the back seat mom the lady isn't wearing a seat belt so you know there's jokes like oh, you know you laughed you know you laughed at that little girl just finished her first week of school came home I'm just wasting my time. I can't read. I can't write. And they won't let me talk. You know you laughed. And a swimming pool. Three guys came up to the high dive tower and met a good fairy who offers them to fill a wish for each of them. One jumps and says, beer. And the pool is full of beer. The other one jumps and says, money. Pool is full of money. The last one starts to jump and slips and starts to fall and starts to crash and yells, Oh crap. You know you laughed at those. So joke of the day. Email me, Jeffy at Glenbeck.com. We'll start doing that on the Jeff Fisher radio page. So you can download it at least to have a you know a little laugh with the, with the kids on the way to school every day. The Jeff Fisher Radio joke of the day thanks for coming along for the ride today Chris Salcedo standing by if I uh, if I have to pack everything up in my box according to uh, according to Mr. Beck it's been a pleasure have a nice day if not I'll see you back here next week and uh, don't forget don't listen to what other people say seriously you look great today you do you look great except I mean you're not going to wear that all day are you Ugh. looks good on you though
3: I will destroy humans. What? I will destroy humans.
0: Oh, boy.
2: This is The Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.